Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like Carrie Bradshaw becoming a podcaster and then unbecoming a podcaster very abruptly. Life, life just really comes at you fast in the media industry <laughs> is what, what we've learned. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you so much for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. We're here today because we watched the first handful of episodes of season two of, and just like that, the Sex and the City spinoff. The first two episodes dropped on June 22nd on Max, and the subsequent episodes are going to drop weekly on Thursday. So we're just going to talk about these first two episodes today, and we're going to do some check-ins throughout the season as things move along. We we can't promise a weekly recap because there are other things that we want to talk about in this space, but we <laughs> will definitely be back for more and just like that. And we just wanted to get in there on the ground floor, talk about the premiere and and like give a little preview for what's to come because we have seen all of the screeners that they sent out to press. So we'll do our little our little review. No spoilers though, don't worry. Yeah. Just just winks, winks and nods. Yeah. Yeah. The first two episodes not were a strong start. A bit of a slog. I was texting you as I was finishing the second episode, like, this is just dull. I feel like it's lackluster. It's not giving me very much. Like the major plots don't seem to have much in the way of stakes or like relevance to the broader story. I frankly would barely call them plots. There, <laughs> there is, vi- it's more just little vignettes, of vibe, vibey yeah. vignettes. Yeah, it's like there's going to be a big party, and here are some vibey vignettes around that. Especially episode one was just like, yeah. does this latch on to the main plot really at all? And I'm going to say no. And I will say having, again, seen a few more episodes from these first two, it does eventually get there. But at the beginning, yeah. you're kind of like, what are they doing here? What's happening? They don't know. We don't know. It also just, I felt a lack of enthusiasm from everyone present. <laughs> like, there are so many moments when there's a joke in the script and the other characters in the scene don't really laugh. But, like, not in a way where it's like, oh, this is a joke that is not going to be laughed at by the characters in the scene itself. It's like they're supposed to laugh, but the actors can't really muster much enthusiasm. They're like looking at their watches. <laughs> when do I get to clock out? Yeah, they're doing like a oh, Seema gave a little quip, and so now Carrie goes ha, and it just sounds like she's just so exhausted by the idea of genuinely laughing in that moment that instead we get this little like very fake performance of a laugh. How am I supposed to be enthusiastic about this comedy if you are not even that amused by it within the world of the show? It's just drab. I was like, oh, the energy is not there. I feel like the original three are just like phoning it in at this point. They know these characters so well and they don't feel like they have to bring that much. But I, I'm here to tell them they need to bring it more for me. Certainly. Especially we Charlotte. Deserve, yeah, we, we, deserve, we deserve more. And here's the thing. 
they know that people like us will watch every episode regardless yeah. of whether or not they bring it. But don't they and want I'm, us to think it's good? One would hope. <laughs> I think right now any streaming service will just settle for like people watched. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's going to last like in a couple years, they're going to pull it from Max because they don't want to pay the streaming royalties. So they're not they're not making content for the future here. Oh, media is so bleak. And that was my main thought watching these episodes. Like This is one of the last scripted shows we're going to get for a while because of the writer's strike, because writers are being starved out by every studio and... It's, you know, everything that we do have to watch that's scripted right now is going to be gone soon. So they don't have to pay whatever limited royalties they do have to pay. And it's all just being hollowed out from within. And that is kind of the vibe of this show. But let's Sex in the City hollowed out from within (laughs) is and just like that. (laughs) And yet, I will say it's not without its delights. Of course. I mean, it's a Darren Star show. It's got Sarah Jessica Parker. It's it's got. It's got great clothes. Clothes. It's got New York City. I mean, we yeah. all love New York City. But let's let's dive in to the details. Like, where are our main characters at the start of season two? This first scene. This first scene, I have to say, just read as such an overt corrective from last season where all the critics were like, this is supposed to be a Sex in the City show. Why... Is no one having sex, seemingly? Or if they are, we're not seeing it. So the answer to that was, I guess, we're going to really throw that sex straight at them, straight away, (laughs) with a multi-minute long sex montage set to Tiny Dancer. Like... It's what? It's like and it's like a club remix of Tiny Dancer. Yeah, it is. It's like and then it's just like every character fucking in bed except for Naya. Except for Naya who's watching like a a sexy period drama and looking at a photo of her and her husband. And this this scene just I don't think I would have noticed it so much if it didn't go on for so long. It went on for a really long time. I think the music also... Yeah, the music was notable. (laughs) Bananas. This is one of two moments in the first two episodes where I'm just like, I know this is a a very popular and beloved song, but that doesn't mean that it's really bringing the right vibe for this moment. (laughs) It's not a sexy song. I wouldn't call this like get in the mood music. And it's just like the first scene and you're throwing us right into a remix of Tiny Dancer and everyone. Why is is Tiny Dancer playing while I'm watching Che go down on Miranda in the pool? Yeah. Something is not meshing. Why is Tiny Dancer playing while every wealthy wife on the show is like riding her husband in their expensive (laughs) bed against their super luxurious headboard? (laughs) I don't understand. So I guess they just wanted us to know that these crazy ladies, they fuck. And I am happy for them. I do want them to be fucking. I guess I just want the fucking to serve more of a purpose and be more entertaining, which it was in the original. Yeah, this just felt like trying to set the tone in a way that I'm like, but this isn't the tone of the show. It's all these 
really beautiful, well-groomed older women in really expensive lingerie, or in Carrie's case, of course, a giant sweatshirt because she's just so Hanes underwear in her apartment. And they're just like stalking around their apartments like they're on a catwalk and then like gazing seductively (laughs) at their husbands or boyfriends or casual sex partners or Che in bed or in the pool. And I'm like, this vibe is not Sex in the City. It's like sex life a little bit. Are they trying to do sex life? Y'all, there's a reason sex slash life was canceled. We've discussed it in detail. We don't need more of that vibe. (laughs) This is what it is. I think this feels like the montage that happens at the end of an episode. Yes. But they just put it at the beginning instead. Wait, that's such a good point. And you mind it less at the end because it's like, yeah, we're riding this wave out. Yeah, it's like the culmination of what you've seen happen over the course of the episode with these couples. And now Carrie to be like giving some sort of voiceover that ties together all of the various sexy times and it's like well and just like that we found our spark again (laughs) yeah and then it's just like hold me close (laughs) and just like that we all decided to hold each other a little closer (laughs) that's it it's so weird it's like they filmed it and then they were like this actually doesn't fit at the end of the episode where can we put it so that's, beginning. <laughs> that's how we started. Um, okay, yeah, so, so let's, let's go through our major players and check in with each of them. We got to start with Carrie, our gal, Carrie Bradshaw. She is, of course, as teased at the very end of last season, fucking her hottie producer, Franklin. It's a real boon for for podcast guys. Yes, podcasting notoriously littered with extremely chiseled hot men, but boring men. (laughs) They have no personality, (laughs) but they're so handsome. Well, he's a producer. He's Carrie's producer. And I had forgotten that he that this happened like this was a surprise. Somehow had not, even though I forgot like everything else that happened. I remembered as soon as I really got into the episode, but when she first like stalks over to him and her You're like who's this hoodie, man? I'm like, oh, there's just a random handsome man in her bed. No, it's her it's her producer. It's Franklin. Franklin the producer. Apparently it's been three weeks since the finale of season one. They've been hooking up ever since on Thursdays. And watching cooking shows in bed on yeah. his laptop every he, every morning after. He's played by Yvonne Hernandez, who is, I just, I have to say, one of the most handsome men I've ever seen. Truly one of the most handsome men that one could look at. So I'm not, I like, I'm not mad about this pairing. (laughs) Just on a purely looks-based level. Yeah, like, aesthetically, I'll take it. He is very dull. I don't know about the actor, but the the character of Franklin. The character is, is a dud. A dud. He does, he never, I mean, I will say, I, I think that, the character isn't given much in terms of material, but then I also don't think that the actor is able to bring him off the page in any sort of surprising way. In every no. scene I see him and I'm like, oh, right, Franklin, he's a handsome podcast producer. And that's kind of the level we get to know him at. And it feels fairly obvious, especially when you've seen the first two episodes, like this man was not meant to last. Yeah. He's just he's popping in. Yeah, they're in bed, they're watching cooking shows, they're having the most incredibly dull banter about how he likes to just watch cooking shows and not cook. And 
Carrie's Carrie like, Carrie might oh, poach an egg. That's so Maybe interesting. I should. Maybe I should poach an egg. I'm like, shoot me. Like, why are we? There's this is no the best reason. you could come up with. But this is how she's moving out of grief by having Thursday night sex with Franklin and then watching Beef Grill. And I, I, I really respect that for her. It is nice that she's less of a bummer this season, not trying to downplay, you know, what what our beloved Carrie has experienced, but for entertainment purposes, again, yeah, it's nice to see a little more diversity of mood. And this is the Sex and the City way, like a season of Carrie just being distraught over big and then a season of fun, like dating a hot podcast producer just for Let's the Let's get of back it. to it. Let's get back to it. We want it. I don't care. But she is in a bit of a pickle with Franklin because she wants to keep things cash and have Thursday night sex and cooking shows. And he seems interested in advancing things. He asks her out for a Tuesday night to a friend's bourbon launch rooftop party. And she says yes. And then she has to call him and be like, actually, no, I only want you for sex. And he takes it like Fair a, enough. he takes it like a real champ. Carrie also still has her own podcast, Sex in the City, <laughs> an advice podcast about sex in the city. And here's the thing. This does feel in some ways like a natural evolution of Carrie's career. Yeah. What feels less natural is that this advice podcast consists of like very short voicemails left by callers and then Carrie giving an off the cuff one sentence answer in response. Yeah, I was totally in awe of this. A caller calls in and is like, how can I know that my like situationship partner is open to something more serious? And Carrie's like... Well, I think he'll give you a very clear sign that he wants to move it out of that space. Hope that helps. And I'm like, no, it doesn't fucking help, Carrie. Like, wh- <laughs> like what What kind of sign? What do you do if he doesn't give you that sign? Maybe yeah. like, how do you move on from a situation that isn't giving you the things that you need? I listen to a lot of advice podcasts. I know you do too, Claire. Yeah. They're the popular genre. And... Traditionally, they give more than one sentence answers. Yeah, and an, an answer that basically just reframes the question is not enough to compete in this not the relationship advice space. She's like, how will I know when he's giving me a sign? And Carrie's like, I think when he gives you a sign, that will be a sign. <laughs> Hope that helps. And also, you would need like 90 questions per episode <laughs> to fill a podcast. Or, like, or 25, and you just have a 25, <laughs> 25 minute, minute episode. Fair enough. They, they don't all have to be an hour plus. But I think 90 questions would literally only fill an hour at the rate she's going. <laughs> it's abysmal. But I think this is actually why Carrie isn't suited for podcasting, is her whole thing is being like quippy and pithy. And She'd have to expand. She also right. writes books, though. Yeah, in theory, but like we never see much of those books. True. You know, like as the a books are there, the books are out there. I think that she needs people to riff off of at minimum because her strong suit and is always in like popping in and giving little quip. And instead, she's supposed to sit there and expound. Well, at bare minimum, the callers should be calling in live so Carrie can have a conversation with them. Right. Yeah, this is, you know what? Franklin, you're doing a bad job. Yeah. Carrie, you're doing a bad job. Everyone's 
failing at producing this podcast. <laughs> Franklin's like, great podcast, Carrie. And I'm like, no, Franklin, that was garbage. You need Franklin, to give her notes. give constructive feedback. What are you doing? He's like, I'm just thinking about beef grill right now. There's nothing behind this beautiful face. <laughs> You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. 